When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules are simple. Every episode, we can read out as many of your film ideas as we like, but only one can progress to the next stage. It'll be the first in a new phenomenon known as slow podcasting. We've had slow eating, John, where you savour the flavours. We've had slow journalism, where you enjoy things slowly over a long period of time. Well, now I give you slow podcasting. What you do is you sit yourself in a quiet room free of distractions. You listen to an episode of The Dream Factory ten times and only then do you begin to appreciate its genius. I challenge anyone to listen to a single episode ten times in a row. If you've done that, tweet us after you've been sectioned. Do you get access to Twitter (laughs) in uh, those kind of facilities? I'm Joel, a man who puts the fit in crime scene photo fit. And across from me is John Harris, a man who once attempted to recreate Charles Babbage's different engine at home using merely matchsticks, tea bags, blood, sweat and tears. How far did you get, John? Do you know about Babbage? No. He made the first ever computer. Uh. Respect your elders, mate. Look at you now, sat there on a, lap, on a MacBook, not knowing who the fuck Charles Babbage is. He basically invented that, mate. He invented the, the, the Mac. The difference engine. The difference yeah. engine. Quite a cool name for a computer. It's, the blo- it's all the blood that was involved in the making of the computer that meant that all the keys stuck. So I couldn't really I don't even think it. it had keys, mate. I don't think the first computer had a little keyboard. No, but mine Minesweeper. Does. Mine does. The first computer had Minesweeper on it. Obviously. Yeah, and Norton Antivirus. <laughs> yes. I wonder what the first computer virus. Have we done the intro? Are we, are we I think we have, yeah, we have done the, the intro. This is the, yeah, un- unbelievably, this is a podcast oh we put out for people to listen to. I'm so sorry. What about this? Hey, film ideas. What about this film idea from Lem? Bridget Jones's Dairy. <laughs> Very good. Uh, is she dairy? Or is she like selling dairy products? Because that sounds like Bridget Jones's is dairy. dairy. Uh, yeah. no, I had a thought of that. Are humans dairy? No, obviously not. They're meat, Joel. But this- they do produce dairy. <laughs> some of them produce dairy products. Are humans dairy? Oh, I wonder what I'm going to call the episode yeah, this week. I resign <laughs> from speech. I resign from saying things out loud. Yes, yeah, so humans produce milk. Mammals produce milk. Do all mammals produce milk? Let's not get into this. Let's not immediately. You can milk. Just you can basically milk anything. A chair. A chair. I was going to say a chair as well. I wonder why we both thought of chairs. We must have the same ima- vivid imagination. Because <laughs> you're in a blank room that has nothing. <laughs> a mic- can you milk a microphone? <laughs> Oh, can, you milk, can you milk sadness? <laughs> They're the only things, visible things in this room. Um, 
Bridget Jones's dairy. Now, obviously, yeah. Bridget Jones is a classic slapstick character. So her down on a dairy farm seems quite fun. Yeah, and there's like a thing, isn't there, where she like parachutes into a muddy field or something or a pig trough, doesn't she? Isn't that that's a definitely? Oh yeah, a she does. And so the rest of the film plays out that she uh, hits her head when she does that, forgets who she is, and the farmer trains her up as a new farm hand. That'd be nice. I'd That'd like be quite that. nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, this year Renee Zellweger is dairy. She's milk. She's fully milk. Bridget Jones's dairy. People would what love that. What about, you know, the guy who sells butter? He's he's dairy. You know, the trumpet guy made out of butter. Lurpak man. Is it? I don't know. Well, One you, the, you know he's the Lurpak mascot. He's what not a, the laughing cow, is he? <laughs> What's the cow laughing about? Oh, you don't want to know. On the other side of that image is people being tortured. <laughs> <laughs> it's human milk. It's the dairy, the laughing cow... Uh, all of that product is actually human milk and <laughs> it's humans with their nipples ta- attached to those pumps. pumps. Like, And what you don't realise is that the laughing cows wreaking havoc and revenge over all of humankind for oh. years of dairy-based torture against cattle. Great. Thanks, Lem. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Lem. That was a great film idea. I've got one. Uh, it's from Mark. And Mark's done that classic thing of uh, sending a news story to us. Perfect. As a pr- as prospective film idea. And, yep. um, eventually, when we start making quite a hefty amount of revenue, we'll start snapping up the rights to these yeah. new stories. It's from uh, a little-known corporation called the BBC. Oh, interesting. Mm, they're pretty big in the world of newscasting. I think I've seen some of their stuff. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you can get some good shit on there. I mean, it's no BuzzFeed. Wah! But what is? It's uh, So a Japanese spacecraft uh, has detonated an explosive on an asteroid that it's exploring. Mm, it's having what? a war with an asteroid. What? I didn't really read much more of the article, but what I do know is that they're trying to create a crater. So they're bombing an asteroid in space. I mean, That's bombing annoy, asteroids in it's space. It's going to annoy some aliens, right? You think? Mm, big time. Yeah. Aliens live beneath the surface of this asteroid. The thing is, in my head, like I'm, I'm making some really terribly like cliched leaps of imagination here that there's something to do with... Obviously, Japan is like really big in the video games world, and obviously, like Space Invaders is like one of the original video games. John, I wasn't listening to a word you just said there because I was reading the article. Perfect. So what they did is they've created this. They've basically bombed it so they can take some samples back to Earth okay, fine. to find out how we form the solar system. Yeah. But the textbook stuff there is that they you'll upset some locals you don't know about, right? That's the plot of the film Venom. Is it? Mm. Well, then why are they doing they, this? It's like that news story recently from... about how they can recreate dinosaurs. And everyone was like, come on, guys. There's a whole documentary yeah. about why you shouldn't do this. So he, so they, so the Japanese yep. uh, scientists, scientists... It's got to be scientists involved yeah, in this, isn't it? I mean, it's it, much I love them. It's not going to be Deliveroo drivers <laughs> sending it to the moon. Well, you never know. How powerful are those bikes? Yeah, getting the next flavour. You know, Finding people, the new flavour, Joel. People love Deliveroo jackets. What do you mean? There's a new fashion craze called Normcore. Oh, okay. Do you know about Normcore? No, but it sounds very patronising. It's very patronising because... You wear the clothes of people that do normal jobs, service, mostly service industry jobs. Yeah. And they become like high-priced fashion items. Awful. So the Deliveroo jacket's a big one. I recorded a thing with a guy earlier, and he was ecstatic because someone had sent him a brand new Domino's jacket. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not happy about this. That's the thing, isn't it? I don't like How it. How weird. It's a big thing, dressing up in clothes that people have to do for like yeah. low-wage jobs. Oh, my God. Isn't it so funny how they yeah. dress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like it at all. No, I don't like it either. But some pretty snazzy gear out there. Oh, so. I mean... Delivery jackets that they are quite cool. Um, I saw a delivery driver the other day, and I'm sure this isn't what was happening. But as I walked past, he just opened the box on the back of his thing and took out a burger and ate it. <laughs> 
fucking glorious. And I, I, I'm sure that he'd done the delivery and he'd also got himself an extra yeah, bit yeah. of food. But it, but it like, looked like yeah. he just didn't give a shit. <laughs> Have I talked about the pizza that went missing? Yes. Good. I'm still annoyed about it. <laughs> Listen back to an episode job. about that. I, it's, I, get, I get so paranoid now about having food delivered to that flat that about 15 minutes before it's due to arrival, I'd just go down in my socks and stand in the road. Oh, I've done stuff like that. Is that weird, though? Mm. Do you think the neighbours look at you like, oh, yeah. there's, a lo- there's a local lunatic? Also, like... Should I be wearing the um, hospital overalls Yeah. when I do it? Yeah. And also, like, deliver- is it with delivery they give you the name of the driver? So it must be so scary showing up to a place and there's a man just stood outside like, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> like- Mike? Are they- is that my burger, Mike? Even, hey, on that note... Yeah. For a while, a weird thing happened on Uber Eats. Uber Eats, you would order it and you get the picture of your driver. And for about a year, yeah. it was just a pic- always pictures of really beautiful women. Was it? Yeah. And then just a normal guy would turn up. Always a normal guy. Why were they doing that? Why, why Joe, why are you getting catfished by delivery? <laughs> That's really sad, isn't it? Why are you basing your also, orders I, based I, on the driver's yeah. pictures? That you get randomly assigned a driver, John. <laughs> exactly. It's just that they happen to be assigning me their sexiest <laughs> drivers. I don't care how long it takes to get here, just as long as it gets here. Um, that's no. I, I feel like it was a yeah, some sort of trick. That like you wouldn't compl- like. I think what it was is that if you were being held, if they were late, you wouldn't complain to someone. Oh, that's an interesting psychology mm-hmm. uh, thought experiment for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, earlier, I decided. And I confronted one once. Oh, go on. I said, "Why are you not a lady? Why are you not the?" <laughs> Where's my lady? <laughs> and he went, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't know what you're talking about, but he was very sheepish. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he, he... Me think the lady doth protest yeah. too much. And then he sped off so quick. <laughs> He's on to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's my new True Kind podcast. <laughs> Why for a year were there beautiful women on Uber Eats? Hey, uh, hi, my name's Joel Grover. In this series. Ever get that feeling... Uh, it's quite good though, isn't it? 50 episodes commissioned <laughs> by a new startup podcast company uh, who are paying me $700 million to make it. Great. I've I'm got re- a staff of 1,000 people. I'm super happy for yeah. you. Uh, I've, I've hired 1,000 people to make this podcast, John, and you're not one of them. I feel about that. <laughs> you were my thousand and first choice. <laughs> you just didn't make the cut. It's a shame. It's a shame. If any of them had dropped out, you might have got the job. I might have just kept uh, that. I'm on the subs bench. It's exciting. Um, right. Uh, way earlier on, and that, I feel like it's pointless even going back to it now, but I really like the idea that J- Japanese Uber drivers are sending <laughs> spaceships to destroy asteroids to find the new flavor. Because I don't <gasps> think chefs put enough money and research into finding new flavors that people like NASA do. No way. No, no, no way. They're sticking with the same old reliable flavors, aren't they? <laughs> What would you What would you do? Like if someone came out with a new flavor. <laughs> exactly. It's not. I don't know. Is like flavor moon, like moon color? Rot. Do you? Is flavor like color? Do you think we've had all the flavors? We haven't had all the colors, have we? What do you mean? I think I've seen all the colors I will see in my lifetime. Oh, I'm not sure. You They're... are so you just so down on yourself, mate. <laughs> how many colors do you reckon you've seen? Upwards of twelve. Tweet us how many colors you think you've seen. Tweet us colors you think John hasn't seen. Just a block color. That'd yeah, be please. great. That'd be really good. I'll, I'll retweet any color. Well, that you think you've seen every color in like a Dulux paint catalog? <laughs> Bollocks, have you? Oh well, now we're now we're getting into the whole like everything is a remix ideology, which is you know. Well, yeah, you've seen sure, blue. Yeah, sure. I've not seen. I've not seen you know wistful sunset, but I've seen. We're talking about no. We're talking about colors. <laughs> 
You're telling me that before you've seen and identified vintage chandelier. <laughs> that is cream. Uh, a podcast I work on that is much funnier than this, Like-Minded Friends. Yeah. Um, there was an anecdote on that recently about how Tom Allen's mum uh, took in a pair of her her husband's pants to be colour matched. <laughs> no. Yeah. Incredible. So go and listen to that. Yeah, if you want a good podcast. Oh, and you'll get stories like that every couple of minutes as opposed to, I mean, What's let's a, be honest, the shit we yeah. are spouting right now. Every um, six episodes you get a bit of gold. Hey, have you got another film idea for me? Yeah, why not? What about this one? I've got I've got so many reasons why not. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Let's call it a day. Don't say why not. So, uh, right. So, Gareth um, tweeted us saying, a remake of Michael Keaton's classic Jack Frost, this time as a musical starring Hugh Jackman, The Greatest Snowman. I feel like we did The Greatest Snowman. I feel like we've done The Greatest I think, Snowman. I uh, think, in about but, October this year, I made put a reminder in my phone to Photoshop the greatest snowman together in December, but I never got around to doing it. Oh, I'm really sorry. And then Paul got in touch and said, The Greatest Snowman, Hugh Jackman voicing a snowman battling against adversity brackets and climate change. It's interesting that this is a... To make the greatest show on earth before he melts for good. There's some really... Look, The Greatest Snowman is really... Really primed, isn't it? Whether, whether we've done it or not, it's, uh, it's there. Yeah. And Have you seen it? Snowman or showman? I've not seen the... I, I, my parents were watching it at Christmas time. But I thought, nah, it's not for me. What a teenage shrop. You've walked out of the lounge. Oh, no. Uh, what did you go and do? Play your N64? Yeah, I was playing Smash Bros, actually. Yeah, well, I bet you were, weren't you? With your headphones yeah, of course in, I was. facing away from the TV. Oh, <laughs> please the same talk to room. us once, John. No. Which um. I was never born. <laughs> Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What about this one from Con, Finding Nemo Land? Now, that's not a pun on leaving Neverland. For no, the record, isn't there a, I feel is like we need to address... There's Finding Neverland. Which is what? about? That's just a fun story about Peter Pan. It's, um, I think it's about the guy who wrote Peter Pan, if I'm Why not wrong. Why do they always make films about the people that wrote... Like, I don't know. There's a J.R.R. Tolkien one coming out Why soon. do they... I, I, can I be honest with you? Yeah? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fucking hell. Do you give a shit? Uh, I, do you give a shit about... The man who wrote Peter Pan. 
I, I look for the record. I've never, I've never, I've not seen Finding Neverland. I've not seen the one about A. A. Milne, who's the Winnie the Pooh writer, and I probably won't see the J.R.R. Tolkien. So I guess it's not for me. But then I do. Maybe I am interested in like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Same thing. Mm, true. Yeah, interesting people are interesting people. It does, but it. It's a good point, seem... John. It's a good point. Boring people. Yeah. Boring, not, boring not people. Interested. They're boring people. <laughs> um, yeah. So I like. I'm on. I'm on your side on it, but at the same time, you know. You know, just let them make their stupid films that no one... Interestingly, though... Go on. So, just looking... I'm just looking down the cast of uh, Finding Neverland, and it is about J.M. Barry that wrote Peter Pan, played by Johnny Depp, but it does also say that it stars Captain Hook and, you know, the gang, Peter Pan. Yeah, but is, the, is that because there'll be, like, sequences, dream sequences and flights of fancy where... There might be flights of fancy. With... <laughs> what was the last flight of fancy you had? Um, define a flight of fancy in, in real life. What if your mind if your mind just goes off somewhere when you're doing something? Would that count? Because with that in that mind, yeah, of course I've had some flights of fancy. I had some today. You know, I thought, what if I wasn't having lunch? I was having dinner. <laughs> a few hours closer to death. Um, <laughs> I've just read actually that a lot of Finding Neverland was based and filmed in Kent, so now it's my favourite film of all time. Oh, great! I love it. That, I love that Johnny Depp was just hanging out in Kent. Right, Finding Nemo Land. So it's about the guy who made Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> Finding Nemo. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Captain Nemo? He's a guy, isn't he? He was in um, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with Sean Connery in it. The film that made Sean Connery Junior. decide he didn't want to do Junior. acting anymore. Is that what it is? Well, I think it's the last film he did. Fair play, though. He'd sort of completed acting, hadn't he? <laughs> and with this... <laughs> acting I, is done. He, he saw all the colours, famously. He saw all of the acting colours of the rainbow. I think you've completed... Look, you've either completed music or acting or anything mm-hmm. when your discography or filmography has its own dedicated Wikipedia article. Good. Do you agree with that? Do you yes. broadly agree with that? That's what I look at as a long career. <laughs> if, if I have to link away... Sometimes it's just on the page, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I think, step your game up. Or maybe you're just too young. But I went on... Obviously, I'm now on Sean Connery's Wikipedia page to check out his filmography and under filmography. It just says... See Sean Connery's filmography. Nice. And I feel that's a real baller move. He completed. If, right. So if you could complete any sense, right, which would it be? Any what? Sense. Oh, it's probably of the five senses in my head. It's probably sight, isn't it? Because then you get to see everything. But do you want to see everything? Oh, but do point. you want to smell everything? Well, do you want to taste everything? Do you want to hear everything? <laughs> Fucking hell. Maybe touch. No, actually. Oh. Do you want to touch everything? Oh, God. It's, a, it's a blessing and a curse. It's a real Midas <laughs> stuff, isn't it? I'd probably go with taste. Yeah, I think so too. Tweet, <laughs> definitely tweet. Surely you don't have to taste bad things just because you can. No, no, you do. What do you mean? Because you have oh, to, you have to have done all of it. You have to complete. You have to have tasted taste. every taste. Can I alternate between best and worst? So I here's, yeah. here's how it goes. So <laughs> as an amuse bouche, I have the greatest taste of all yeah. time and the worst taste of all time. And then I just move one in each time. Second best with second worst. Second third definitely best. go the other way around. You, don't, you would go the other way around. The dullest flavors first. Yep, and then move out. With how long does it take? Extreme. How many? How many tastes do you think roughly there are? 15? Yeah, 24. It depends if someone emits that new flavour or not. We could be talking <laughs> 25 flavours here. That's going to take a day. And that's over an average of a, a, a taste an hour. Oh, great. I've got a friend who once claimed he could drink 48 cans of orange tango in a 24-hour period. And? It's an aside. I mean, he didn't ever do it. I mean, that's one every half hour. It's an insane tango you, consumption. You're not sleeping, though. I mean, of course. If you're going to do this, are you not sleeping? Or are you like, would you sleep and do like you one would... every 20 minutes? No, there's no way you'd sleep. After consuming that much sugar. True. And you'd be pissing yourself. How many cans of tango could you drink in a day? 
Tweet us. And also answer the question now, John. Don't you tweet us. <laughs> if you tweet me after the episode, how many cans? That'd be really weird. Yeah. Uh, how much do you could drink? In a day? Mm. Maybe 12? Does that seem... 12! Like so much that's, tango. That's one every two hours, isn't it? Yeah. That's fine. Would you, no, but would you load at the start? Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably smash through four. You'd get out. one of those hats with six cans on and just yeah, yeah. neck it. And I'd, I'd go to... I think I drink the speediest in pubs, right? So I would take myself to a pub and I'd f- fill up pint glasses with the tango am mm. i allowed to defizz that's a, oh that's a really big factor am uh, i allowed to defizz i think so yeah well if i'm defizzing easy will you take your defibrillator <laughs> that's what i call my spoons did you, you used to work in a bar didn't you uh no i've worked at a brewery when you have to make do you have to make a shandy no oh well that's you, difficult though, you put it? half the lemonade in first and then you whiz it whisk it with a spoon to take the fizz out because mm. mm. i i look i me and joel have discussed this before maybe in different uh, guises, but we're both. <laughs> Who were you when you did it? We're both. <laughs> I think we were each other at the time. Oh yeah, we were. I thought, but there was one time when I was a clown and you were a shepherd. Yeah, that was that fun. was good. Um, and every time we've been big uh, fans of the shandy. I lo- oh god, I love a shandy. We're so much. shandy apologists, but bars. That's our band name. <laughs> it's quite a good band name, isn't it? Shandy apologists yeah. is good, but bars often um, don't know Kick how to us make out. it. <laughs> No, they do fuck it up. When you see someone put beer in first, yeah. I'll walk out of it. I'll walk out of it. <laughs> and I'll kick the door open on the way Especially out. Especially if they're going to tap lemonade. Yeah. Oh, what, it's like building on those homemade volcanoes when they do that, isn't it? If I see them put the beer in first and then grab the tap lemonade, yeah. I'm like jumping under the, dub, <laughs> under the table. Um, Take cover! And that is Finding Nemo. <laughs> That's Finding Nemo Land. Very well covered. And that leads me on to my next film, The Last Tango in Paris. No, I'm joking. We've done it before, yeah. haven't we? This one's from Jack. It's the one-eyed white crow. So what Jack's done here is he's combined... So there's a film called The White Crow out at the moment with Ray Fiennes. It's all about ballet. Oh, yeah, And there's yeah. a character in Game of Thrones called the one-eyed raven. Okay. He's like this guy who can't walk, and he, but he can see everything. He's complete. Fuck, he's completed sight! <laughs> Has he? How weird that we... God, sometimes it's like this is scripted. He's, he, he can see everything and do everything. Oh, amazing. Uh, but he can't dance because his legs don't work. Okay. But is that is that a, is that a big plot point in Game of Thrones? There's actually more there's more dancing in Game of Thrones than you can imagine. It's very dance heavy actually. I've a s- lot of breakbeat. I've seen, I've seen a gif of uh, is it Tyrion Lannister dancing that goes around a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'd, probably the only dancing in Game of Thrones. Uh, is that is that from the show? It's not like a behind the scenes. I think show. it's from the show. I think he's like a he's just quite giddy at the time. Oh, uh, fine. About some sort of victory. Oh, great. But anyway, basically what I'm proposing is Game of Thrones. Everything's dance. I mean, you're not proposing that, but we you know we'll get we'll get to that. In a well, bit. yeah, I mean, Jack didn't give me much to go. <laughs> Game of it's all the the so this white crow thing is all in Russian. Nice, Ray Fiennes is, nice, nice. <laughs> you make it sound like that was my suggestion. Good idea, Joe. I've lost. I've, honestly, I've lost my mind on this episode. <laughs> all right, what about this one from Tony? Limp Dependence Day. Everyone celebrates Limp Biscuit's album Significant Other while aliens try to invade but can't stand Fred Durst's voice. Would Fred Durst rip out his voice box to save mankind? Limp Dependence Day sounds like a Limp Biscuit album. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? It really does. Should we do some sort of Limp Biscuit album title test? How many have they done? I know that one's called uh, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavoured Water. Yeah, that's their famous album, isn't it? Yeah. Where the um, first track had like the F word in it like a hundred times and it was like the coolest thing in the world. It was so cool, man. You, you, you just couldn't believe how much he was F-bombing. Are you a fan of their 2010 album, Smelly Beaver? <laughs> no. Really? Yep. Flipping Unsurprisingly, out. parental advisory tag on that. 
Uh, results may vary was one of them. I imagine they very much didn't. Nice. Hey, you're listening to Joel Slam's The Work oh, of Limp Bizkit. That's our next podcast venture. After you've done your, what was it? Uh, the delivery the, investigation yeah, The delivery deep dive, yeah. Um, so aliens can't stand Fred Durst's voice. <laughs> Join the queue, am I yeah. right? <laughs> Didn't realise I was an alien. <laughs> so we're military, we're weaponizing Fred Durst. Great, 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 great. We're just blasting rolling into space. Yeah. He performs. The worst crime in that song is the weird voice at the beginning where he's like, all right, oh, that partner. Is, yeah, that is bad. <laughs> you got to keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. Why is he doing that? I don't really know if he ever knew what he was doing. <laughs> also, in the Eminem song, which Eminem song is it where he talks about sitting at the MTV uh, Awards and he doesn't want to sit? Right. This is how th- this lyric is aged so badly. He doesn't want to sit next to Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. He would rather sit next to TRL's Carson Daly yeah. and Fred Durst. History is has he not the wrong horses. Yeah, though, history has not been forgiving on that lyric <laughs> or any lyric he wrote post the year two thousand and four. Hey, John, should we do our own film ideas? Yes, please. Here's one from me. Um, this is another BBC story. I haven't come up with a title for it yet. Okay, cool. But basically, there was a, uh, this office block. Have you heard about this? No. In London, between uh, a pub and a branch of Starbucks, that was a secret base for a spy agency. You know, like in Killing Eve? No way. Yeah, in in London. It was near St. James Park tube station. Um, And it was used by spies for 66 years. And they've only just confirmed it because they've moved a dress. And it was like a a local um, open secret. But it was where spies worked. And I thought, how funny if, um, as a cover, they all worked in Starbucks as well. Ah, that's quite funny. I was wondering it? what the relevance of the fact it was near a Starbucks was to the story. Mm, uh, Starbucks had paid me a hundred grand to say that. Oh, good. Yeah. Hey. Hey, and also, what isn't near Starbucks in London? Am I right? And I mean, that hundred grand will go will go massively towards the uh, delivery lawsuit. <laughs> uh, fifty grand to the delivery lawsuit. Fifty grand out of court settlement with Fred Durst. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. It's actually just a nice idea for a film, and I wouldn't be surprised if it actually happens. Maybe not the Starbucks twist, but I'm sure the idea of, like, kind of middle of London spies, like, you know, mm. having to pretend that they've gone to work in, I don't know. Having to do the commute and stuff. Are spies allowed to tell their family they're spies? No. What, so? Yes. No. What? Yes. No. It, I, what, used to, right, I used to walk home from school with a guy whose dad... He didn't really. He didn't know what he did, and he had a suitcase that was locked, and he would never open in the house. Okay. But maybe he was just having an affair. Maybe. But maybe he was a spy. When he's keeping his. When his, I was fifteen, I thought his... he was definitely a spy. But now I'm old, I think. Pervert. Pervert. <laughs> but you've seen James Bond. The two go hand in hand. <laughs> yes, true. What like, hypothetically? What if you were like a spy, but you had to like pretend that you were like I don't know, like an amateur podcaster, to like. You've run- as your cover Don't, you've rumbled me mate <laughs> and people would listen to me like why have they done 89 episodes of this but in hindsight look I've saved, it wasn't I've about saved the, quali- the world 89 times <laughs> it, exactly, it wasn't about the quality of the podcast it was never about it the podcast it was the cover the fact, that you're, li- about- the fact that you're listening to what is effectively a cover yeah is, is actually a damning indictment on you it, it really is sorry and the people listening think we're spending weeks of prep on this but really we're out Spying. Saving the world. Spying. I'm a good spy. What about this one from uh, John Harris? I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Dora and the Lost City of Gold. No. They've is made it, a big... Is it a porn? They've made a... 
They've made a big budget. Dora the Explorer film. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. a real person. Yeah. I have, I sort of know about this. Indiana Jones. Live, it is like a young Indiana Jones. And I don't really, like, this isn't my point, but I don't really understand why they've had to link it in with, like, a preschool cartoon character when it just looks like a really fun family film. Yeah. Like, India, young Indiana Jones vibe. But I don't know why they've, because that makes me less likely to watch it because it's based on a kid's TV show. But did, are the kids that grew up on Dora the Explorer now the age where they would enjoy it? Ooh, are they, like, 13 now? Good point. So anyway, my suggestion is a live, gritty Peppa Pig. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah? Yeah. I was trying to work out what... Hap- where's Peppa Pig banned? China. Is it? I don't know. Because she's t- too cheeky. No, in in China, it's like subver- like a subversive counterculture icon. Oh, what, so she's been co- co-opted like Pepe Le Frog or something? I will quote to you from trusted news source The Independent. China bans Peppa Pig because she promotes gangster attitudes. <laughs> Tattoos of the character have become popular among a subculture of China. G- gangster attitude? Yeah. Have you seen much? Peppa Pig? Yeah. I, I've I, only I, seen memes. <laughs> there was that great meme that went around for ages where Peppa Pig would like play a hi-fi and they put really, people oh, would yeah. put really horrific music on it. <laughs> um, and I could watch that meme all day long. So is she, is she a blood or a crip? Uh, it's China, mate. It's different. So I tried to work out what happens in the show because I've not seen it because it was I think it was like launched in the 2000s. So we were already like, you know, a bit too old. For yeah. It. I mean, we gave it a go. Uh, long running children's TV series following the adventures, mishaps and friendships of Pre- Peppa Pig, her brother, George, their parents and the other animal families who make up the town. Each family is a different species of animal. Peppa's friends include Rebecca Rabbit, Susie Sheep and Candy Cat. What a cast. When I read the synopsis, my brain was thinking, like, do we make it some sort of, like, you know, like, using animal species as, like, a racial satire, like, you know, some sort of thing about racism. Animal Farm. Yeah, and then I realised, and also there's Zootopia, which kind of does that as well. Mm. So that's already been done. So, I don't know, mate. There's no plot to Peppa Pig, but we'll make it gritty. (laughs) But it works. That's what kids want. Kids don't want plot. Oh, so we just... That's why they love this podcast. We just make it, like, you know... You know, in like the Lion King uh, remake they're doing, and in like Jungle Book, they've done it where it's like it's animated, but it's like photo real. Mm. So we just do a photo real pig wearing a dress, walking around, <laughs> repeating itself. Uh, yes, perfect. That's what we do. Yes, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, give it a subscribe on Apple or all the other places that you can do that. I think only Apple let you do reviews. Everywhere else is ambivalent towards them. They don't want to. They don't give a shit what you think, but we care what you think. So tweet us. Um, try and find John in the street and say something to him. Yeah, it's been great. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. John, do you want to say anything? No. Anyway, that brings us to the end of uh, the episode. And we know it's the end of the episode because there's a knock, knock, knock at the studio door. And entering the studio is that photo real Peppa Pig to do her voice. Disgusting. It is quite upsetting to see, isn't it? Well done, John. Thanks, mate. Did you have a nice time doing that? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think we, um, you know, did some stuff. We said some things. Mm. Some things we regret. Some things that we stand by. As we say, most conversations are like that between me and you, though, to be fair. It's just a shame we record them. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then... You'll be the best listener.